This is the Sean Campbell Show, a podcast for the aspiring and hungry entrepreneur. Hey everybody, Sean Campbell with Sean Campbell Show, a podcast by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. I got the coolest guest I've ever had ever, not to discredit any of my previous guests. I got Guy Wilsh from Empower Financial. How are you doing today? Can't complain, man. Thank you for having me. No, no, no. Thanks for uh, reaching out to me about this. I, it was an honor for uh, for me to have you on here. I was looking forward. I was kind of anxious all day about this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Luckily, I had a, a previous podcast I just got done recording a few hours ago. Otherwise, I just would have been too antsy. <laughs> been thinking about it too much. Yeah, because it, there's so many different directions that you and I can go with you know, this episode, but the main one I want to do is really let you tell your story, you know, tell us why you do what you want to do, why you had a passion for it. You do have a passion for it. Of course. I want to get into your branding. Yeah. It's a little, you know, off topic. Sure. And I do research on my guests prior. Okay. You played a few years of ball. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my whole life was baseball up until... You know, almost 10 years ago. Yeah. My whole life was yeah. Baseball. Yeah. Four yeah. years with the Seattle, or about three years with the Seattle Mariners. I saw that. Pulaski or whatever. Yeah, Pulaski Mariners. Pulaski. Yeah. yeah. That was the, the A-ball team. You know, you mentioned this the last time, you had, and I want to talk about our discussion at the Arizona Sands. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned it, so I, you know, checked it out. I would have thought you were a pitcher. Okay. Because I'm tall. Because you're tall. Mm-hmm. You got the you got the build for it, but you're a third baseman, for, and, and you caught yeah, they turned me into a catcher my about last year and a half of pro ball. They turned me into a catcher. What, because he had a gun or what? I had a good arm. <laughs> and uh, to be honest, when I was drafted, so I was drafted after my senior year uh, at University of North Carolina, Greensboro. Uh-huh. And the agent said, hey, they're going to probably want to turn you into a catcher. And I said, well, I'll really do whatever you whatever you think I need to do yeah. to get moved up as fast right. as I can. Right. And so right. about a year and a half into my pro career, they said, hey, Probably looking to catching because we drafted three third basemen ahead of you, <laughs> and, and I basically took a plane ticket and a bag of chips to get down right, there. So right. I was uh, yeah. low on the totem pole as far as being yeah. any pole. Yeah. Um, Did you like catching? No, I hated everything. Did you? Uh, I loved. So I got to learn a lot about the position that I right. never really respected. Right. Um, but I and I'm going to say this out loud. <laughs> I don't think you can get turned into a catcher. At 20 plus years old. Okay. I think that's one of those positions where you have to have been playing it your whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, simply from a physical standpoint, okay. your knees, yeah. uh, after a while, can't bend yeah. the ways that it needs to. And if you've been catching yeah. your whole life, you've been essentially bending your your uh-huh. body uh-huh. and you're stretching your ligaments to yeah. be able to stay in that position and do some of the moves. Um, and it, it's kind of the quarterback position of the, oh, yeah. of the field. It's the most important position on the baseball yeah. field bar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, one of my favorite players of all time is Yadier Molina. Ooh, he's a good one. You know, he's not the best hitter. And it's just nah. what he you see what he did? Like that was a uh, two two spring training games. No, I didn't. There's a dude on first base, some little rookie, right? Mm-hmm. He tried to pick off at first, and the rookie's like, "Come on, right. Yadier, are you serious?" Right. And Yadier literally like waved him, steal second, steal second. Next pitch, the guy tries to this guy's out by you know step and a half. Right. <laughs> Yadi, uh, his back picks at first base where yeah. he just basically has a, you know, yeah. he's got a lefty yeah. on, and he just oh, throws yeah. it on the side yeah. of him. Yeah. He's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Old school. I love him. So, guy, why did you become a financial planner? Uh, you know, I, to be honest, I fell into it. Uh, I, I never really, you know, when I was done playing pro baseball, I came back to Tucson mm-hmm. and I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got into coaching. 
I started coaching over at Rincon High School. Hey, I, I, you're coaching your son. I am coaching my son. I, I, I ain't going to lie. That kind of gave me a little misty eye when Dude, I saw that. It's but the best thing that's ever happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me and Scott Meldy are doing that yeah. together. He, yeah. he, so he got me into the coaching aspect because I didn't want to coach because yeah. my whole life I've hated t-ball. Well, not hate, hate the bad. I have uh, <laughs> not liked t-ball right, right, because right, it's right. basically like chasing butterflies yeah. and babysitting kids on the field. Yeah. Yeah. But then I started thinking about it a little bit more. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, this is the most important two or three years that my boy is ever going to have while yeah. playing the game. And yeah. if someone screws that up for him and makes yeah. him not love going to the field every right. day, right. you could ruin him for the rest of his life. Yeah. And I want him to play baseball, obviously. Yeah. I had a, a chance to coach my college in softball. It's oh, nice. one of the most rewarding experiences yeah. of all time. Yeah, it's Absolutely. right now it's just fun because it's cool to have him out there and all yeah. the kids out there running around and we're trying to just have fun. Yeah. As he gets older, I will step away as mm-hmm. a coach coach because my benefit to him is individual time. Yeah. Me yeah. working one on one with him is where I'm gonna be able to benefit him the most. Yeah. Let the other coaches coach yeah. and do the team management yeah. and set the lineups and yeah. deal with parents, which right. is the worst part of coaching, <laughs> especially high school. I was very lucky because my daughters my daughters played with a group of girls from, you know, six to, you know, thirteen years old mm-hmm. soccer and uh, softball. So all the parents knew each other. That's good. So I didn't get all that crap from the parents that I... <laughs> it, it lives. And it Absolutely. lives even more. With the, 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 the older that I get, I feel like the worst that the parents have been getting just because oh, it's just, uh, the entitlement is kind of crazy. But totally. we'll get off of yeah. that. So how did I become a financial planner? <laughs> Moved back to town uh, after playing pro ball and got into coaching and realized, you know what, this is great. It's mm-hmm. fulfilling. I've always been one who... I've always tried to give... Um, knowledge or, or give right. things that I know to right. to the masses mm-hmm. um, because you know playing professional baseball and playing baseball for as long as I did I said yeah. I know a lot that I could give to these kids that I wish I would have had someone who could have uh, spoken to me in a way that I would listen right because yeah. I had coaches coach and they told me all this information but some yeah. of it you know was hit or miss mm-hmm. so I was coaching and I realized I'm not gonna be able to like live the way that I want um, mm-hmm. on a uh, you know a high school baseball coaches income. Right. Um, right. So I was doing a lot of individual lessons and I was working a lot, but I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't fulfilling the financial box that I felt like I needed to be yeah. checking off for myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I randomly, literally uh, got a call from um, a recruiter over at New York Life mm-hmm. and I went in for an interview and my wife and I were about two weeks away from moving to Charlotte, North Carolina oh, wow. when I went and took this interview here wow. in Tucson. Wow. Um, and I went in, and the rest is history. I started my career with New York Life, and then I worked there as in, in a management facility or a capacity for about four and a half, five years. Uh-huh. Um, worked my way up, loved it. Got into the you know the corporate yeah. mountain climb, if you will, and then quickly realized that I didn't enjoy that. Uh, it was fun, but I didn't. I thought that's what I wanted, but after I was in it, I realized that the corporate side wasn't something I wanted to be involved in. I wanted to be working with mm-hmm. individuals. I wanted yeah. to be working, sitting in the living rooms of families, yeah. sitting in the offices yeah. of business owners, yeah. you know, working with nonprofits, doing all those things that being in that corporate structure wouldn't allow me to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, Stephanie Kidder, who is uh, a, a woman that I hired when I was in the recruiting capacity, yeah, so yeah. I actually hired her. Um, best hire I ever had. Mm-hmm. We sat down one day when I was, I was having this dilemma with her. I said, hey, listen, I, yeah. I've worked really hard. I've gotten to this position, but I'm not happy. Right? And yeah. I, I'm miserable every day I show up here. Yeah. Um, she goes, let's do it then. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. 
what do you mean? She goes, let's start our own thing. Let's do it. So we're like, all right, well, what do we got to look at? So next thing we know, Empower Financial Group was formed. Her and I kind of stepped out and, and did our own thing. And, and it's been going on. This is our third year being wow. in business together. And it's been, yeah, thank you. Yeah. It's been fantastic. We, yeah. uh, like I said, I never planned on being mm-hmm. um, in this level of, I call it coaching, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's financial coaching, mm-hmm. financial literacy, mm-hmm. financial education. Because mm-hmm. first and foremost, we've got to make sure people understand what mm-hmm. they are doing and mm-hmm. why they're doing it. Right. And then coming up with a game plan if it's not right. checking the boxes yeah. off that they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So. And I can attest, anybody who's listening, that's exactly guys, you know, approach. Tremendous, tremendous coach. And I think the best asset that you have is you listen, to yeah. be honest. You well, thank you. You just don't feel like, here it is. Right. Here's where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if, if it was that easy. Right. Uh, right. If it was just like, oh, I have the magic bullet that'll solve everyone's problems, and all I would have to do is just talk, and then everyone yeah. listens. But, yeah. you know, everyone's goals are different. Yeah. I, it, you know, everyone has something different that they're trying to achieve, mm-hmm. whether it's a, a yearly goal, or if it's a five-year goal, or a 10-year goal, or a retirement goal. Right. No one's ever had the same thing that they wanted to do. Right. right. Some people's idea of retirement is working. Right. Right. Some people's idea of retirement is literally putting your feet up with sandals on at the beach and mm-hmm. not thinking about work ever again. Mm-hmm. And then there's a billion things in between there mm-hmm. of what it looks like. Yeah. So listening has to be my number one asset because mm-hmm. if I'm not listening, then someone's going to absolutely know that I'm just waiting to talk right. next. Right. And that's not how this works. Right. So when someone's looking for, looking for a financial planner, mm-hmm. give us three tips what they should be looking for. Um, if they offer you any advice without learning anything about you, yeah. be very leery of that. <laughs> um, because they don't know if they don't know anything about you, how can they die? You know, that's like going to a doctor, right? You walk into a doctor's office and before you even tell them something is wrong, they give you, you know, a prescription mm-hmm. of some pill, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, hold on, dude, you didn't even like listen to what my problem was. I just right. said my foot hurts, right? And you're giving me an oxycoding. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, some people might really like that. Yeah. Uh, so first tip is make sure that they're listening to your goals. And, and before they start offering any advice, if they're not asking to learn more about you, then, then they're selling you something, right? Right. right. Um, number two, make sure that you can talk to them and mm-hmm. feel confident in talking to them. Um, if you feel intimidated or, or overwhelmed, um, the process can be overwhelming. I'll admit that. But right. if you feel like you can't divulge information with the person you're talking to, right. that's also a problem, right? It, it's, right. you got to be, you got to have respect for the person you're talking to, but you have to have also enough respect to know that they're not going to judge you for anything that you tell them. Right. 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 Um, and, trust that there's going to be that confidentiality and, and mutual trust of, Hey, listen, I'm here to hear out your goals. Mm-hmm. If you don't share things with me, I can't help you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's gotta be that level of respect, but also trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three, uh, you gotta like them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, I always tell everyone this. I say, listen, if I call you and you go, Oh crap, I don't want to answer this. Mm-hmm. Like you're working with the wrong dude, right? Mm-hmm. Like or wrong gal. Like mm-hmm. you should, when I call you, it shouldn't be a, a, a stressed feeling. It should be, Oh, guy's calling me. I wonder what he wants. Right. Yeah. And, but that reflects a lot on me because if I'm calling people or I'm reaching out to people and I'm always asking for things, well, that's a problem. Right. 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 But if I'm calling you and saying, hey, did you hear about this? Have you heard about this? Right. Like a big thing last year that we really pushed was the PPP stuff. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. we called all of our clients, even people who weren't our clients, and said, hey, mm-hmm. you're a small business owner. Mm-hmm. We're doing these PPP seminars to help you learn about whether or not you should be qualifying for the Paycheck Protection Program yeah. or if it makes sense for you. Yeah. Bringing that value, that resource of people who were either our clients or not our clients was huge for us because we became experts in right. the Paycheck Protection Program right. when everyone was looking for answers. Right. We tried to be a resource yeah. um, for free. Yeah. Um, so we tried to do that, and I think people respected that. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that you and I share is that we love giving information for free to, you know, not just our clients, but our audience, mm-hmm. right? So I'm kind of segueing into that audience, the small business owner, entrepreneurs. What are some things that right now from, you know, your, you know, your industry, your arena, What's some advice that you need to give us in general? General advice is come up with a, a game plan, mm-hmm. right? I, I, and I, I get it, and I'm the same way. Right? I'm a small business owner too, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I get bogged down with the day-to-day stuff. I'm a financial advisor. I help mm-hmm. people plan for things, and sometimes I overlook my own financial plan, yeah. right? Because yeah. Yeah. I'm so busy all the day, all the time. Mm-hmm working on other people's things, working on this, working on that, that it's overwhelming to run a small business, right? I don't care if you're an entrepreneur or a small business owner or someone who's operating at a high capacity of work, like you forget things mm-hmm. and you overlook things. So I would say is take, take 30 minutes, take 45 minutes and really make sure you know what your goals are and what you're trying to achieve on a one year, five year, 10 year, 25 year plan. Mm-hmm. And then make sure that there are ways that we can look back Mm-hmm. When cause we do annual reviews with all mm-hmm. of our clients, we mm-hmm. reach out to them. We say, "Hey, it's time for us to go over your portfolio, see how things are going, and compare them right. to that goal." Right? Are we making progress? Are we stagnant? Have we not done anything that we said we were going to do yet? Mm-hmm. Um, because those are, I would say, use somebody to be an accountability partner, even if you don't think you need one. Mm-hmm. Have somebody who's watching out for your best interest when you're not. Right. So my advice is start. Start having that conversation. Who, who would be a good accountability partner? Who would be? Yeah. Someone that you like, someone that you trust, <laughs> you know, someone that you um, are okay with hearing yeah. hard stuff from. Yeah. Um, yeah. I try to be that yeah. for everybody, yeah. right? Like, yeah. whether you like it or not, I'm calling you every year and saying, yeah. I, yeah, you, you had a crappy year. You lost your job. This happened, that happened, this happened, your business went under, whatever. Right. That doesn't mean your life's over. It doesn't mean that you lose me, right? right. Just because you right. aren't earning income or whatever, it doesn't mean that I can't help you still. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, whoever that person is, whether it's me or somebody in your life, like find that person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you and I had that conversation at the Sands Club the sure. other day, right? About, about, you know, some of the health things that you and I have been doing, right? right. And you inspired right. me. I inspired you a little bit, I think, too. No, no that, was, that was like one of the next topics is how much you inspired me. But we'll get to that in okay. a second. Okay. But you're, on, you're like butter because you're on a roll right now. So. <laughs> keep going. Keep so going. It's, it's, it's important to, to continue to, to build your goals, your aspirations, yeah. your identity, mm-hmm. and then finding somebody who wants to help you do that. Right. 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 And, and I... There is nobody in the world that I talk to on a daily basis where I don't want them to be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like every single day of my life, yeah. every morning, I'm not kidding you. I've been yeah. doing this for the last seven years of my life. Yeah. I say this to myself. 
I stand for bringing passion, Mm -hmm. positivity, and value to every individual I come in contact with. Whether personally, professionally, or socially, I aim to be a positive influence in the lives of those around me. I say that every day. Wow. Every day. And I've said that for the last five years. That's my stand, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. everyone that I come in contact with, Mm -hmm. I want them to leave feeling better. Yeah. Or value add, or inspired, or whatever that is. And I'm not trying to, like, toot my own horn here, because it's not that hard. Right. right, right. Just want the best for people, right? <laughs> you know, right. Uh, and that's that's kind of the stance I try and take. With with our going to our conversation we had a few weeks ago, you were on day nineteen mm-hmm. of the Hard Seventy Five. You want right. to get an overview on that real quick? Yeah. So Hard Seventy Five uh, is a book. The the author is uh, Anthony Fraselli. I believe that's how you pronounce his last yeah. name. Yeah. Um, you have to do you have to do some activities every single day. So some of those activities are you have to have two workouts, two 45 minute workouts, one inside and one outside every day every for 75 days. You also need to drink at least a gallon of water every single day for 75 days. And it gets better. It gets better. It does. You have to pick a diet. <laughs> yeah. And you have to stick to that diet. Yeah. No cheat meals, no anything like that. Part of that is no alcohol. Mm-hmm. Okay, so no alcohol for 75 days. Yeah. Reading 10 pages mm-hmm. of something self-helpy, right? It's yeah. got to be a non-fiction, better-yourself yeah. book, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're not reading Star Wars every night, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then lastly <laughs> is you have to take a selfie of yourself every single night before you go to bed or mm-hmm. I guess when you wake up, doesn't really matter when the mm-hmm. selfie is taken. Mm-hmm. Um, if you miss one of those things, mm-hmm. you start back over, right? Right. So and you're supposed to do that for 75 days. And, yeah. and the idea of the book... Yeah. And the idea of it is not to, you know, become a shredded beach model, which mm-hmm. that is a byproduct of working out twice <laughs> a day. Um, it's your brain, you know, our brains are always trying to find the easy button, right? right. And I think what right. this has allowed me to see about myself is I'm capable of doing all of these things. I'm on day mm-hmm. 69, yeah. right? I only have yeah. six more days left before I can not have to worry about fitting all this stuff into my busy right. schedule already, right? Right. right. But figured out a way to fit it all into my schedule, yeah, right? And yeah. and in the in the book, it says it helps you uh, not listen to the little B voice. Mm-hmm. B voice. I don't want to say the B I T C H word on here, but don't listen to that voice in your head. Yeah. Right. Right. Listen to the voice of find a way to make it happen. Don't find a way to not make it happen. Right. Yeah. And so he refers to it as a little B voice, but yeah. I, I've listened to a few of his podcasts. Yeah, it's powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. You know, if if uh, if you don't like the f bombs and all that, don't listen to it. That's right. exactly right. But the message is powerful. Yeah, absolutely powerful. And I've learned. So there's like three different phases. So after I I read the first book, I, I started doing some other research. There's phase two of Hard Seventy. It's actually Hard Thirty. Okay. After hard seventy five, and yeah. then there's another seventy five after the thirty. Oh. Of, yeah, I'm not gonna do no. that. So you did goal. inspire me. You did inspire. I'm not doing the complete program. I kind of customize my own program. Sure. So I'm on day like thirty two or thirty three of no alcohol. Fantastic. Right. Do you think you're gonna drink on day seventy six? No. I know. Have you thought about completely not drinking at all? It's crossed my mind. It's, so me too. Me yeah. too. It's it's and, it's. And, been a thought. Yeah. I just don't know how realistic it is. Right. And for myself, if you don't know, I mean, I grew up in Germany, right? <laughs> you know, so by 15 years old, I'm going to McDonald's. Give me a number. Give me a Roma pills with my cheeseburger. Right. You know, so, I mean, beer. This is the longest ever as an adult I've gone without alcohol. That's great. And you inspired me because there's one little sentence you said, and it was something about the mental clarity. Because mm-hmm. I was like, God, you're already like, what? 
what, 10%? And we were like, no, you didn't say regularly. You're all, no, I'm usually about eight, but I got down to 5% body fat. <laughs> did you see the little thought bubble bastard? <laughs> uh, yeah. You didn't, you, you didn't say it arrogantly at all. You just said it kind of matter of fact. Sure. You know? Well, I mean, it, it, that's but, the truth. Yeah, but it, it was it was the, it was that little point. It was like the mental clarity. I'm not just out of curiosity and, and then the, the challenge of it all. And I remember a point when I'm working in where I where I'm sitting at right now, mm-hmm. and it was like that fog that's usually in my mind at seven thirty in the morning mm-hmm. is not in my mind right now. Right, it's creepy. It's a blessing and a curse. I've learned. Yeah, uh, I think more now than I've ever thought before. Right, and I'm, right. I'm, I'm at right. night when I'm like going to bed, my brain is just like firing still. Yeah, and it's it, it's yeah. I wind down easy. I've never had a hard time winding down, yeah. but I've found myself thinking more right? right and and right. and coming up with ways i could do things differently or better and i'm not saying that i wasn't doing that before but i think that now i'm more coherent yeah. that i am thinking it yeah. and now those ideas are sticking yeah. right like like oh i need to do that and then i write it down or or i remember it the next morning yeah. right yeah um because usually it's like i'll have an idea and i wake up what was i thinking about the other day right that, yeah. that fog um yeah. which I mean, by no means was i an alcoholic right that's the thing is but just even a beer every night. Like right. It, I, right. I think that that absolutely weighs right. on your your mental clarity and the way that your brain yeah. operates. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, over time, I can see it now. I totally understand it. Yeah. And it has crossed my mind also. Maybe I won't. I, like I said, I don't know if it's realistic. Right. But I think I can go a long time without drinking now. Yeah. I, I'm... What I've thought about, and, and I, I haven't formulated a game plan over it yet, but I think I'm only going to drink on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. right. Nothing during the week. Yeah. But on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I'm allowed yeah. to have a beer or whatever. I was thinking for myself, maybe two days a week, and but at most, two drinks. Right. And only a light beer. Yeah. Yeah. I know Jamie, the bartender at Arizona Stands, hates us. She needs us to come back and drink. (laughs) (laughs) I just talked to her the other day. I'm like, hey, I only got seven days left, and I'll be back, and I promise you I'll buy a drink. Yeah. So Courtney came up to me. So I hear you're doing the hard 75. I'm like, yeah, that inspired me. I got everybody hating me at Sands Club because everyone's stopping to drink now. So Yeah, yeah. You you, uh, created a movement over there. Well, I think it's healthy. I yeah. think that everyone should experiment with it. I think yeah. it's something that you, you yeah. unleash your potential. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Again, I'm not saying like I'm not like a, an advocate against drinking. Right. Like, that's the right. thing is I love drinking yeah. just yeah. like anybody does. Yeah. Yeah. But if you can prove to yourself, like you said, yeah. I've never gone 75 days since my first sip of alcohol yeah. when I was probably 15 years old. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is illegal. I'm well aware of that. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't think it's been. I don't think I've had 75 days without another sip of alcohol in between yeah. there. Yeah. My whole yeah. life. Yeah. And that's crazy to think about. Yeah. I mentioned that I'm not doing the exact same program as you. I kind of customized and I threw in no Starbucks. Nice. Starbucks was way harder not to do than no alcohol. Mm. It was Why? way harder because of that caffeine rush. Okay. The sugar. I went through some withdrawals those first few days, headaches and all that mm. stuff. And I think it was more because of the caffeine and Starbucks than it was the alcohol. Did you go to the same Starbucks every day? Yeah. So it's an environmental thing too, right? Absolutely. It was a habit you had to break from like an actual physical habit. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because I would go through the drive through and they'd see my car. Same thing, Sean. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's right. Yeah. yeah. 
so I, I knew all the little baristas and, you know, there's one girl, I really like your car all the time. We talk about my car, right? right. You know, so, and then one dude who was um, uh, going to get into business and stuff, we'd always chit chat with mm-hmm. him. Yeah, missing that was just as much. So I, I'm reading, a, I'm just finished a book. The uh, You probably read it. I think everyone's read it. It's called Atomic Habits. I just bought it on my... It's uh, really good. Yeah. Yeah. it's older I just mm-hmm. learned that it's like only it's a couple years old I think maybe yeah. more than that yeah. um, but one of the things that he talks about on there is when trying to break a habit like a Starbucks mm-hmm. right yeah. um, there's the research done on people who were in the Vietnam War huh. and they were uh, got addicted to heroin so a lot yeah. of people got addicted to heroin yeah. but when they when the war ended and everyone moved back mm-hmm. there wasn't a crazy like heroin epidemic that happened huh. and it was because the they were only doing heroin because they were in that environment oh. when they removed themselves from the environment that they were used to doing heroin in a very very small percentage of them continued to do it right yeah so like for you if that starbucks habit was hard to break the book would say take a different route to work right and avoid going the same way that you go because that's going to be a thing where you're like oh i usually right. turn in here i right. usually turn in here and it's going to be right. really really hard i take the same route yeah. and i drive by it every day that's just, so see you're just a badass then no <laughs> you're just no. saying oh. either a bad or a dumbass <laughs> guy you know everybody that you know has come across you or has met you or you know, who has met you once or twice and they can't remember who you were. Mm-hmm. It's always because they remember you because of your suits. Okay. So let's talk about that. Your branding, was that a conscience effort or is this something you're just comfortable in? I mean, uh, I love wearing suits. Do you? Um, this is a weird, this is like a weird thing. Uh, it's probably, I haven't been psychoanalyzed on it yet, but not yet, but we can do that right now. That's fine. Let's do it. <laughs> My whole life growing up when I was younger, I always wanted to, I saw myself wearing a suit to, mm-hmm. to, to quote unquote work. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what work was going to be. I mean, we're talking about 15 year old guy Welsh here. Right. And I'm like, well, I want to wear a suit, mm-hmm. right? I want to wear a suit. Mm-hmm. And then I got into the industry where you have to wear a suit. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, this yeah. works, right? But this, yeah. but they were wearing suits, the, the stereotypical, you know, right. super tight, like, right. like, stuffy suits with a yeah. tie yeah. i'm like that's not me like i'm I'm a little bit more relaxed than that i don't yeah. like being that stuffy guy yeah so is it a conscious effort absolutely i love wearing suits mm-hmm. it's a it's an absolute um fetish of mine yeah. i yeah. but the thing is here's the thing i don't buy suits full price like mm-hmm. everyone, everyone looks at me and they go oh my god you must spend a bunch of money on suits i'm like no not really like this suit yeah. i'm wearing right now is probably like 150 bucks yeah like nothing. See, I would tell everybody, yeah, be full price. <laughs> <laughs> now, so I do have some really, really nice right, ones where I did right, pay a lot right, of money for them, right? Right. right. Um, but I, I wear a suit every day. I, yeah. It would be. I've never seen you outside of a suit. Well, Besides the picture, I think that, that picture of your son, Scott and his son, mm-hmm. may have been the first time I've seen you. It's good. Casual. Yeah. yeah, I uh, yeah. although the pandemic last year, I, I switched my wardrobe up a little bit. I always yeah. usually have a blazer or a sports coat on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I started wearing jeans a little bit more yeah. around just because yeah. I was not out as much, right. or I was right. at home right. doing those types of things. Do you realize how much of your suits are part of your brand now? Now that you bring it up, yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. That's it's, crazy to think you, about. You separate yourself from every other financial planner in town because of your attire, your appearance, mm-hmm. and your. And I'm not just saying, you know, I don't need to say this for no reason. It's because, you know, it's like here in Tucson, 
Yeah. I mean, I'm dressed up today. And I'm, right. I'm wearing a ball cap, a t-shirt. And, and you look fly, though. I do. I do. I look kind of cool. <laughs> you look you know? fly. I, I, I'm rocking the, the white thing. Yeah, you're killing and, and my dickies, right? You're killing But people love this. They think, oh, you're all... And I've got my little, you know, Invicta watch. Mm-hmm. This is dressed up for Tucson. Sure. Right? This is kind of my shtick. Yeah. Right? Do I like suits? Yeah, when I'm going out. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, but on a rare occasion. But, but your brand is... Your appearance is you separate yourself from every other profession out there, not just in your industry. Did, right. you, did you ever think about that? No. See, from a marketing perspective, I always thought it, you did that first and foremost because. No, I mean maybe yeah. subconsciously I, I thought that yeah. I, it never crossed. Like when I wake up in the morning and I and go to suit. Yeah, I grew up born and raised Tucson, Arizona. Wow. wow. I I love. I'm so comfortable in a suit. Yeah. Like everyone always asks me, like, oh my god, guy, it's like. Yeah. It's, the, it's July, and you're wearing a full suit. Like, aren't you hot? And I look at him and I go, yeah. yeah. So? You're like, yeah. It is hot in here. I'm wearing a jacket. Like, it's hot. But, <laughs> right. but right. this is I'm so used to it. I'm yeah. comfortable in it. Yeah. And and now they make these shoes now. The, the worst part about wearing suits for me was that the damn shoes are so uncomfortable. Mm. Mm-hmm. So now I can get these like shoes that are like very comfortable, right? Yeah. You got yeah. you know Cole Haan teaming up with right. Nike and making right. amazing right. comfortable shoes that you can wear yeah. every day, and yeah. they look like good shoes. Like that's I've come close to ordering me myself a pair of those. Those were, uh, highly recommend Adam from uh, the Sands Club. Yeah, the Goody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, Dude, some of those man, they're really really comfy. I just bought a pair uh, about six months ago, and they're the most comfy shoes I've ever put on my feet. Really, that's what he said. Too. Yeah, because he has like flat feet or something. Like yeah. That. I'm sorry, really Adam would be exposed. Adam Bogoti <laughs> has flat feet. Uh, <laughs> he's a cool guy. He's I, I just barely guy. met him uh, as I got into the Sands Club. Yeah, he's, he's a, him and I have gotten pretty yeah, close yeah. Uh, just because of our involvement in the Foothills Club, yeah. which is a charity here in town. we got a golf tournament coming up. I, I, I'm not sure that I'll get this episode out before that, mm-hmm. but tell us a little bit about the Foothills Club. Yeah, so yeah. we're a local nonprofit. Yeah. Uh, charity group whose focus is giving money back to children um, Mm -hmm. and and youth in need. Um, When I first joined, God, five years ago, I did it because I knew a lot of the people who were in the group and it seemed like a phenomenal group, amazing group of people. And they, they love to drink. Um, And that's not why I did it. Right. (laughs) Okay. But when you, every time I went, it was a great time. Right. Right. And I'm like, Oh my God, these guys are getting together. Right. They're having an amazing time and they're raising a hundred thousand dollars a year to give back to local children in need. Yeah. What an amazing opportunity. Right. So I'm like, okay. So then I started getting involved and the next thing I know I'm president of the dang thing, Mm -hmm. which this year was my first year as the president of the Foothills club. Yep. Which, um, is, really been really difficult, especially because we can't like do the big events that we're used right. to be doing to, to right. raise events so or raise money. So we've had to, to really think outside the box, which yeah. has been very, very fun. We yeah. had a virtual fundraiser, which was great. Nice. But nice. the best part about it, and, and this is where my passion lives, is I, I, I love, that sound weird, I love children. I, yeah. I, I love pouring my time yeah. and my energy into kids because they mm-hmm. need it. Yeah. And I don't think that they get it. Right. Enough, especially the ones who are in need. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. who the ones that we're giving money to. Right. 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 Um, I want everyone who 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 is a child to have the opportunity to mm-hmm. feel loved. Yeah. Sought after, cared for. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm blessed to be able to be who I am and be the dad that I am with my kids. Yeah. But not everyone has that. Right. 
and to be able to provide a service or give some type of money or time or whatever the volunteer opportunity is mm-hmm. with these organizations. I mean, one of the programs we supported last year was these children were coming over. They were refugees mm-hmm. coming over and they were going to school. Like they were doing everything they, they were should, they should be doing. But what we were hearing is that, uh, they didn't have deodorant. Mm-hmm. So the kids at school were making fun. They're kids, yeah. right? They're kids. Yeah. They're going to make yeah, fun yeah, of people. Yeah. Right? I'm not saying, I'm not right. trying to change the world right. here. Right. We can't make fun of kids making fun of each other. No. Right? And nor should we. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just don't bully them. Right. But they're right. making fun of, you know, the kids smelling, right? And it was affecting these refugees, right? Yeah. And it's like, they, yeah. the kids didn't know that it was having that type of effect. on right. them. They're just right. kids. Right. But this, this program that we supported was giving, you know, sanitation and deodorant and shampoo to these refugees. And we, and we helped them be able to do that even more than they already were, right? Yeah. And, and to have the kids come, which is what we do at the club, is we have the organization that we donate money to mm-hmm. come and share stories and have the kids share stories about how it impacted them. So... Mm-hmm. You get that the feels right the yeah. the, the misty yeah. eye yeah. awesome stories of the yeah. kids and how much it impacted them, yeah. which is I think another unique way that we keep our membership engaged mm-hmm. as well. Um, if someone's interested in becoming a member of the Foothills Club, how do they do that? Uh, you can go to foothillsclub.org, mm-hmm. um, or I think it's foothillscluboftucson.org, mm-hmm. um, and you can find everything about us there. You can do an application online, mm-hmm. or if you want, uh, you can just tag me in this in the in the video and so or in the cool. in the podcast. I'd be happy to point them in the right direction. It's it's an amazing group of business professionals, entrepreneurs, and just regular yeah. folks. Yeah, just. Getting together to raise yeah. good money for the kids. I uh, I've partaken in a few golf tournaments. Mm-hmm. The last one I I, w- I was uh, in a foursome with uh, Jason Chipsy. Oh gosh, that's all I got to say. Yes, <laughs> I had a good time. What a cool guy! Yeah, it's the first time fun. I met him. Yeah, I saw him at the, the, the Foothills Club. You know, just two days ago at the Sands Club. At the Sands Club. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, at the Sands Club. Yep. And he comes up to me as if we just you know like best. Friends of all time. Right. And he's just that cool yeah, dude. He's, he's a good dude. So I just sent you a referral. Well, do you remember <laughs> what I do? Of course. <laughs> That's great. He's, yeah. uh, he, yeah. He'll always have time uh, to talk to you. Let's put it that way. I know. He, he'll always I know. Time. I know. What he'll talk to you for a while. Yeah. <laughs> if you let him. A little bit. I love Shipsy, but he'll yeah. talk. He can, he can <laughs> talk a lot. Yeah. He can hit the ball. Yeah, he can play a little bit. Yeah. I don't know why he didn't have a foursome already. I was with a twosome. And, and I'm just, just kind of paired up. Yeah. I'm like, dude, how can you? Yeah. I, I shouldn't say this, but every time you'd hit one, like, down the middle, you know, three, three point, whatever, mm-hmm. you'd take his shirt off and show his abs. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Jason Chipsy right there. Yeah. That is him. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it's basically a party on the golf course. Yeah. It really and is. it's changed. It really you is. know, we, yeah. we want it to be a good experience, right? Yeah. And that's, I think that's the fun it's part. Is our, our, yeah. Lots of alcohol, lots of fun, lots of free stuff. Like everything that you do, yeah. like there's not a lot of hitting me up at the course for stuff. We try no. and get that all done. So when yeah. you show up, it's just go it's time, fun. have fun. Yeah. Which uh, course is that? We're at 49er this year. So we've been to 49ers last, the 49er Country Club the last two years okay. because okay. last year was kind of crazy with the beginning. Of, basically, yeah. last year was we had the last golf tournament of the year oh, wow. in Tucson wow. before everything shut down, right. which is literally like a week ago today yeah, yeah. Um, or a week ago on Friday. So that was kind of crazy. So 49ers have been really, really gracious and working with us to right. stay within the guidelines right. of the things because a lot right. of uh, uh, golf courses aren't having full golf tournaments. Yeah. They're not letting too many people on yeah. the course. So yeah. 
Um, they've been great. Forty nine has been great. What's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself these past twelve months during the pandemic? I think that's a great one. Um, I think it goes back. It's gonna. It's gonna be my family. I think. Hmm. I pride myself in working a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that what I learned over the last 12 months being uh, in, we had a very successful year last year, Um, very successful, more successful than I would have even hoped for. Yeah. And that the fact that we were able to do that in the environment that we were in last year Mm -hmm. and I was home a lot more with my family than I've ever been in my entire career. Wow. I've learned or I'm learning still how I can still do that, mm-hmm. still be successful from a business standpoint, still be successful from a husband standpoint, mm-hmm. still be successful from a father standpoint, mm-hmm. um, friend, all the different roles that we play in life, right? right? right. But especially being at home, I, it's so important for me now that my kids are actually cool. Um, <laughs> they're not just blobs laying in a crib. My kids are four and two. <laughs> So they're actually finally starting to have like... I'm glad to clarify yes, that. They're four and two. They're four and two years old. They don't just sit there and poop and pee and, and don't talk to you, right? Like they're actually starting to play catch with me. Because it would be different if they're 14 and 12 and just came out of habit. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because uh, then I'd be trying to find ways to get out of the house. Uh, but figuring out the, the structure of my day to, to allow me to still get what I need to do to get done for work, but then also making sure I'm home. Because I've proven to myself I can do it. Yeah. Um, it took effort and yeah. and work and some forced guidelines. Yeah. Um, but we did it. Yeah. So that's probably the biggest thing I've learned about myself is how much I, I loved being at home. Yeah. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Three books that you'd recommend it? Well, I've, all of them came this year probably because I've been reading a lot. Um, number one, without a doubt, Matthew McConaughey, Green Lights. I've been meaning to Oh, that my goodness. So I'm a huge... Full disclaimer, Matthew McConaughey is like my crush. Like, I uh, love that man. I, I love uh, him. Exactly. Uh. I love that dude. Okay. So, but his book, if you don't know who Matthew McConaughey is, he gets stereotyped as like a, a womanizer, you know, yeah, party yeah, animal guy. Yeah, That's yeah. not him. No. And the book outlines that. And he had a weird upbringing. That dude is super deep. He is. And the book tells you why yeah. he is. Yeah. The book tells you. But don't me. want to give it away. No, don't give any. But so basically, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Absolutely recommend. Yeah. Um, second book I would definitely recommend is, I'll, I'll stick to, to a money thing, The Psychology of Money. Huh. It's a good one. Kind of mm-hmm. sh- it speaks to how and why people think about money different ways mm-hmm. and, and then also gives some, some very good sound financial advice within the book yeah. um, and it's a super quick and easy read. It's mm-hmm. meant to be super quick and easy. Yeah. I think I read it in like 10 days. It was oh, wow. really, really easy and I hate reading. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me rephrase that. Hate is such a bad word. I dislike reading quite a bit. You, you, and, I, you and I, I'm the same. All these books behind me are just for show. <laughs> Honestly, they are just for the, my pod my, when I'm doing my right. YouTube channels. You want it to look like you're reading. I want it to look like I'm right. smart. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, third book, the... Uh, 12 Principles by Jordan Peterson. Hmm. Um, that's a, it's a very highly intellectual book, but it gives you, I think it's called, I think it's the full title is 12 Principles um, to Handle Chaos. Oh, so wow. it's basically yeah. 12 Principles. Jordan Peterson is an, uh, an amazing, um, our, our generation's thought leader. <laughs> um, he does get stereotyped into some conservative circles, mm-hmm. which is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because people just can't handle his logic. Yeah. Uh, but great book goes over a lot of ways to self improve and yeah. think about your own life and how you can do things differently, yeah. how you can do things better. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the, the chat, I reread it cause you have, mm-hmm. there's not a wasted word in the book. Yeah. Like you'll go, you'll read yeah. a paragraph and then you'll be like, what did I just read? Yeah. And you yeah. have to go back and reread it. It's kind of like the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Have you read no, that? I have not read that one. It's probably, it sounds, it sounds similar to the way it's structured. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's deep. Yeah. 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 But I recommend those are my three books. Yeah. When you're working out either day or night, you got your earbuds on. Yep. Three artists that you're listening to. Oh, boy. You're going to expose the true hip-hop head that I am. Oh. Yes. So I, cool. uh, I, I grew I, up, um, <clears throat> I grew up hip-hop and rap is like my that's mm-hmm. my jam so yeah. okay. when i'm stretching in the morning however i listen right. to a relaxing massage massage okay. mix right. um, so right. that's not going to count when no. i'm working out three favorite artists or three top artists that i would say right now uh royce the five nine mm-hmm. he's a hip-hop artist mm-hmm. um who else am i listening to right now i always listen to kendrick lamar uh-huh. uh, i love kendrick lamar yeah. Yeah. and then i'd probably say um, J. Cole okay. or, or or someone else like that. Wow. I'm I'm a wow. huge hip hop fan. Yeah. I'm a huge hip hop. Yeah. I, I love I love Eminem. I grew yeah. up on Eminem. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. but hip hop is like my yeah. my soul. It gets you going. Oh yeah. everything. Right. Last question. Who's your team? Who's your baseball team? This is gonna take a deep explanation. I don't have one. Wow. Um and this is where I'll I, I'm not gonna get on a high horse here. No, you're you're allowed to because you play pro ball. <laughs> I I don't have a favorite team in any sport. Really, I have teams that I like watching more than others. Yeah, yeah. Or like my wife's from New York, so we've gone we've gone to a bunch of Yankee games. Yeah. I never was a Yankee fan, but I never was a Yankee hater. But I love watching the Yankees. I don't know why yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, I, my I grew up seeing people around me being uh-huh. fans yeah. and. Short for fanatic, and I right. never thought it was good right. to be a fanatic about anything. <laughs> um, and I've and I've seen people get in fistfights and yeah. uh, and lose yeah. friendships over yeah. a team that you have nothing to do with, right? When they say we won the World Series, you didn't you do had anything, to do bro. Yeah. But yeah. I don't hate, I don't dislike anybody who has a favorite team. Mm-hmm. I just don't because I love the sport, right? And I could watch, so I'm obviously a huge baseball fan. Yeah. I could watch any two teams playing baseball. You and I both. You and any I both. two teams. Spring training. Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Just the game yeah. itself. I could yeah. watch any golfer play yeah. golf. Yeah. I could watch any football team play yeah. football. I could watch any. Yeah. But, of course, I as you watch a game, you choose kind right. of a side right. that you're rooting right. for, but it's just right. arbitrary. It's just, you know. Who's some of your favorite players? All-time favorite baseball players? Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. That's my favorite baseball player. I like A-Rod more after he retired. Yes, he's gotten way cooler. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Um, and everyone says, oh my God, God, you're an A-Rod fan. I, I, Seattle Mariner, Alex Rodriguez, mm-hmm. and like Texas Ranger, Alex Rodriguez, yeah. there was nobody better than him. And I was a third baseman. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like, yeah. I looked up at Derek Jeter, yeah. another huge dude. Yeah. I, yeah. So I like them both differently, though. Alex right. Rodriguez was just a phenomenon, a phenomenon of an athlete when right. he was playing. Right, right. take steroids yeah. and stuff out of yeah. it. Yeah. He was amazing. Yeah, Derek Jeter, class act. Right, the, right. the dude could do no wrong, and yeah. he knew that he could in do no New York. wrong in, in New, New York. York. Yeah, and he played with one team. Yeah, his yeah. whole career. Yeah, 
and somehow managed never to get into the tabloid, even though he was doing all the things yeah. that the tabloids should have gotten right. on. Him about. <laughs> he just was smart. He never yeah. got married early. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they yeah. go, what, are you going to get mad at him for going on dates? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. So A-Rod and, and Derek Jeter, those are like my two. Yeah. I, I, I would yeah. be okay if my sons grew up idolizing Derek Jeter. Yeah. I might have a little bit of like a, if you like A-Rod, like, like you said, towards the end of his career, he kind of got a little yeah. bit weird. But yeah, as an yeah. announcer, like with ESPN, an, he does yeah. a great job. He's really, really good. And I forget the name of his show, but he did like a little, um, God, what was it? When he was helping people who kind of fell off their prosperity and their fame. Oh, no. I haven't seen that. CNBC. Oh, you know what? I think I did see something There's on that. a few that. episodes yeah. on that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's J-Lo. J-Lo brought out the best of him. I know. <laughs> I know. If there was one pitcher that you could face as a player, mm-hmm. who would it be? All time. Ooh, alive or dead? Alive or dead, yeah. yeah. I would love to face Randy Johnson. Ooh. <laughs> just because he was just an, a factor on the mound, right. and I would just right. be, be terrified. Yeah. Him or, or, or uh, uh, who's the dude? Uh, Chapman. Who used to be with the Yankees? Role the, the role as Chapman. Just because I just want to yeah. see what a 106 mile an hour fastball looks like. Me for the same reasons, but Nolan Ryan. Ah, yeah. Nolan Ryan. And he yeah. could fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you yeah. that Robin Ventura when Robin Ventura charges them out on Nolan and, and he's got him in the yeah. headlock? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love a pitcher who can stand there and say. And he was about 20 years older than Ventura. Yeah. Too. yeah. 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 Robin Ventura was. Uh, so I do like the White Sox. So mm-hmm. um, they're not my favorite team, but I'm a big. They're gonna be a good team this year. I hope they're gonna be a good team. Um, in 2005, when they won the World Series, that w- I was in college. That was my first year in at, yeah. in, UN, in UNC Greensboro. Yeah. Oh man, that was a great year. It's gonna be a little embarrassing. Uh, I thought it was embarrassing. They hired uh, Tony LaRusso as a manager, uh. and two weeks later, he's pulled over. You see, he needs a breathalyzer to take the uh, cart to the bullpen and back. They put a breathalyzer. No, yeah. like a like, like a not legit, as a joke. No, he like a legit breathalyzer. If he wants to take the cart to the bullpen and back, no way. Or around the fields and during spring training, there's a breathalyzer on, on his, his cart. Yeah, that is absolutely phenomenal. Good but, stuff. I've not seen that. Yeah, guy. How does someone reach out to you? Um, so you can find us so empowerfinancialgroup dot uh, com. Mm-hmm. Easy way to find us. Mm-hmm. Um, best way to get a hold of me. I can give you my cell phone five two zero nine five five one four two six five two zero nine five five one four two six. That is my personal line. That's the yeah. easiest way to reach me. Yeah. Um, you can send me an email. All that stuff's on my on my Facebook, on my social media, everywhere like that. You can mm-hmm. find us. Um, if you're looking for us, you can find us. Is it Empower Financial Group on Facebook as well? Yep. Okay. Empower Financial Group on Facebook. Empower Financial Group on just regular yeah. online. On LinkedIn. It's W-E-L-C-H. S-H. Guy Welsh. Yeah. So we don't have a LinkedIn business because it's... But it does, but they can reach out to you directly. Right. Guy Welsh on LinkedIn. Yeah, cool. W-E-L-S-H. Thank you so much, Pat. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for listening to The Sean Campbell Show. Follow us on Instagram at The Sean Campbell Show.